Amen. Amen. You can take a seat this morning. Welcome to City Church this morning. So good to have you here with us today on this Vision Sunday 2024. And uh, Vision Sunday is a funny thing because Jesus has set the vision for the church. Our job is to be in alignment with His vision and, and guiding and directing us and helping us to be His vessels here on the earth. The vision is to go and make disciples. And uh, we are called to do that. We are called to be part of that. But Vision Sunday is an opportunity for us to gather and really sense what is God saying to us here in Mount Riverview and what areas are we focusing on and what endeavors are we uh, putting our energy into to be able to help that mission that Jesus has of making disciples and seeing uh, the kingdom of God move forward in this area. Is everybody with me on that? And we're excited to be able to, to see our church continue to move forward, push back darkness and see light coming in. And so this year, we've declared the words, God's plan over my will for 2024. God's plan over my will. We started to ask ourselves the question, what would it look like if our church got up every day and said, hey, what if today looked like God's plan above my will? What if today I was open to what God wanted to do in my life and that I would be directed and guided by the Holy Spirit. I'd be yielded to Him. I would be obedient to His voice in my life. And so that whenever opportunities come up today, that I would say, you know what, not just my plans today, not just what I've got scheduled today, but I'm going to open up my heart a little bit wider to say, Holy Spirit, what do you want to do? What if I put God's plan above my will? What if our church did that? What if every one of us this year committed again to saying, hey, we're going to be attentive to the voice of the Holy Spirit and we're going to put God's will above our own. We're going to listen to what He says and His plans above our purposes and plans. What could that look like? How effective could our church be? You know, when I look at the Gospels and I see through Scripture, I see so many miracles that start to take place because of somebody's obedience. When you look at the feeding of the 5,000, we see this little boy that had the obedience to bring his two fish and five loaves to Jesus. And it just like looked like a moment where he was just submitting and being obedient to what someone had asked him to do. And as he did that, on the other side of that, we see the feeding of the 5,000. What about Peter stepping out on that water? It was him saying, hey, this doesn't make any earthly sense. To step out on that water. It doesn't make logical sense. Nobody on the history of the world has ever stepped out and walked on water. But here we see Peter stepping out, not because of logic, but because of God's plan that invited him out onto that water above his own will. What about when we look at the disciples that were asked by Jesus to come and to follow him? to give up their profession as fishermen and all the different things that they did, to leave loved ones and to follow Jesus. What they were doing was saying, hey, I'm putting God's plan above my will. Now we see the miracles on the other side of that. We see transformed lives. We see the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. We see the miracle of the disciples and what they did with their life. They were taken from fishermen uh, to being fishers of men. And we see these incredible stories that take place from these moments. But what did they start with? They started with people saying, you know what, I'm just going to put God's plan above my will today. And I'm going to step into that 
And what miracles could be on the other side of our obedience this year? You know, in our style churches, we love the miracle. We love the breakthrough. We love those things. We'll always push for that because we're a faith people. But you know how they start? They start with us being obedient to the Holy Spirit. They start with us taking a step in obedience and saying, hey, listen, it's not going to be my will here. I'm going to put God's plan above my will and allow Him to work through and in my life. So Proverbs 16:9 says it this way, The heart of a man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. And that's what we're declaring over this year. Yeah, we might have plans this year. We might have things we're believing for this year. But we're saying, hey, we're opening up our hearts this year to say, Holy Spirit, what do you want to do? Interrupt my plans if you need to. Guide and direct me. Let your God-guided plans be my direction this year because I want to be submitted to you, Holy Spirit, and all that you want to do in 2024. Are you with me, church? Are you believing with me? 2024 is going to be one of those years. And so I just want to let you know about a few things that are happening this year before we just get into the message this morning. You might see on your seats this morning, we have a, a missions focus brochure on some of the seats that are in front of you and you could share with your partner if you don't have one with you but I just wanted to highlight some of the areas of mission that we are focusing on this year. One of those is Compassion and Compassion is an incredible organization where we partner and we sponsor children. We have an area particularly in the northern Philippines but in our church we have people that sponsor children all over the world and the whole idea behind this is to help children get out of poverty in Jesus name. And I love that thought that it's not just money going over there, but we're doing it in the name of Jesus. We're praying over these kids, we're writing to the kids, we're connecting with them, but we're also sending finance and resource to be able to change their future and change their family. And so it's great to be able to do that again with Compassion. We've got a Compassion Sunday coming up in a couple of months' time, which we'll let you know about. Uh, Now, this is a new one. We are going to be partnering with Mercy Indonesia. Now, Mercy Indonesia, Pastor Paulos, we've had a history with as a church um, in, over the years. And uh, he has an incredible ministry, him and his incredible wife, in Indonesia. And this is, let me just tell you some of the things that they do. They have 52 radio stations in nine Indonesian islands. They're training up workers for the harvest and they've planted over 1,500 churches. They have 12 uh, Mercy Children's Homes for Poor Children and orphans with 485 children that have graduated. They have 16 early childcare education centers with over 400 children in them. And they have an elderly home, which is a new initiative, and a home for homeless pastors and widowed spouses as well. And they've refurbished churches, up to 66 churches that they've already refurbished in their ministry time. And so it's an incredible organization, all under the umbrella of Mercy Indonesia. And I'm excited to partner because I think it's going to be a great connection with our church going forward into the future. And we are going to be doing some short-term mission trips to Indonesia and Bali and coming up. And we're actually looking at doing our first trip in November this year. So it's going to be an incredible time. It'll be an opportunity to see the amazing ministry. And we have a number of the people in our church that have been connected with this ministry. Obviously, Alfred and Rena um, that have been connected with the ministry over the years. Tash and Ron, who have, uh, I think I met 
over there in that ministry as well. And uh, a lot of people that have had times of connection with Indonesia that are, that are in our church today. And so we have people that can help us with translating the language. We have people that can help us with the culture and just help us to be able to go over there and be a blessing. And likewise, when we can have Pastor Paulos come here at times and be a blessing to our church. And so as you can see on the screen, we have an interest meeting next Sunday, which we're going to be talking about this, this, uh, this trip. It's going to be about a seven, eight day trip. It's going to cost about uh, $3,000 per person to go on the trip. Um, and we're going, flying in obviously to Bali and we'll be around that kind of area um, for that, those seven, eight day periods. So we would love if you're interested or you want to know more information, we would so love you to come and join us. Next Sunday, uh, after the service, we're going to be talking about it, about, uh, about 11 o'clock, 11.30, half an hour after the service. Uh, you can come and see us and we will give you all the information you need to know. I am really excited about this partnership as a church. Uh, as you can see, the national things we can see here, we had the Theological College, which is up in Darwin, which is an incredible initiative, helping Aboriginal and Indigenous people to be able to translate the Bible uh, into their local dialects, which, was, which is really exciting. Uh, Youth Alive, 180TC, Australian Christian Churches, which is our movement. These are all areas that we know really well as a church. And locally, we're giving to our Mountains Care uh, initiatives there and Christmas under the stars. So you can see there's all the things there you can be praying for uh, this year, 2024, and we can be believing for together as well. As we've already mentioned, we've got Royal Conference coming up. You can see the details on our website. And we want to let you know that for Connections Conference this year, in September, we have Nikki Dent, who's coming to speak into our church. Now, Nikki Dent is all about teaching the gospel of sexuality. And she is an incredible communicator. In fact, she is so good at being able to interpret the times that we live in and being helping us to be able to have an intelligent response to some of the crazy stuff that's going on in our world when it comes to sexuality. And so we're going to be really blessed at this conference. You will love it. She's just spoken at our state conference and she's really been speaking all over the world. And so can, I, can you just trust me? don't miss it. It will be great. Some, some of you, sometimes I get a speaker and you guys go, I don't know that person. And then you hear about it afterwards and you go, gee, that was amazing. Why didn't I come? Please trust me this time. You will be blessed. Nikki is an incredible preacher. And I'm telling you that you will really be equipped to be able to help, to be able to respond to some of the stuff that's going on in our world today. Um, our prayer and worship nights, we're going to do a few of those this year. We've already heard about that. We've got some short courses coming up this year. One of those we're going to be talking about very soon is Alpha Marriage. And uh, we'd love to really encourage you to get involved in that. This is going to be a great uh, ministry over a seven-week period uh, for Alpha Marriage. Um, yeah, and so we have preaching series that are coming up. It's already been mentioned about our faith foundations. And just finally, one more thing I just wanted to mention, which I think is really important for our church, and that is connect groups. Connect groups are the way to take our church, which is bigger on a Sunday, and make it smaller and give us an opportunity to build real friendship, real connection, dive a bit deeper in our discipleship journey, to be able to challenge and encourage one another, to be able to pray for one another, help equip one another to become the disciples that we're meant to be. And so I really want to encourage us over the next few years as a church to really press in to our connect groups. I'd love to see them grow and perhaps you're interested in being involved in more of a connect group and, and doing that. The opportunity to do that is there. And you can come and see some of our team in the foyer after the service. We'd really love to help you get connected in connect groups. Who loves connect groups? 
Fantastic. Awesome. Well, that's all the things that I need to tell you about some of the announcements. So let's get into the Word this morning and talk a little bit about this vision for the year, what we really believe in God is saying to us. We really want to be a church that puts God's plan over our will. I love what it says in Proverbs 19.21. It says, Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. I pray we get up every day as our key rings remind us and we get our keys out and we, we go to put our keys into the car and drive our car. I pray we get up every day and this is a reminder constantly to say, hey, I'm going to put God's plan over my will today. I'm going to make sure that I'm in alignment with what He wants above just my focus and my plans. And I really believe that as we do that as a church, as we were singing that song this morning, Lord of all, you know that word Lord... It's really more of a declaration that God is in charge of every part of our life. Not just, not just our Savior. Yes, He is our Savior. We've got salvation in Christ. He's set us free. We've received the grace of God. He's changed our lives eternally. But we also have Him as our Lord, which means He's Lord of all. He is in charge of every area of our life. He's Lord of our thoughts, of our words, of our actions of our responses to things, of our families, over, over our future, over our daily routines. He is Lord of all. And that's what we're declaring this year, that we're saying, hey God, you are Lord of all. We are bowing the knee of our hearts and saying, God, we submit to you. God, use us and direct us to do what you want to do this year. So if you've got your Bibles this morning, come with me to 1 Samuel chapter 3. And this morning, we're going to look at the calling of Samuel this morning and the way he positions his life to be used by God. It's a really, really powerful story in 1 Samuel chapter 3. And it says this, Meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Now, in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare and visions were quite uncommon. One night, Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. The lamp of God had not yet gone out and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God, which is a representation of the presence of God. Suddenly the Lord called out, Samuel, yes Lord, Samuel replied. What is it? He got up and ran to Eli. Here I am, did you call me? I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go back to bed. So he did. Then the Lord called out again, Samuel, Again, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, my son, Eli said. Go back to bed. Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had not had a message from the Lord before. So the Lord called a third time and once more Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? Then Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. So he said to Samuel, go and lie down again. And if someone calls again, say, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed and the Lord came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, speak, your servant is listening. I love that posture. Speak, your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, I am about to do a shocking thing in Israel. I'm going to carry out my threats against Eli and his family from beginning to end. I have warned them that judgment is coming upon his family forever because his sons are blaspheming God and he hasn't disciplined them. 
So I have vowed that the sins of Eli and his sons will never be forgiven by sacrifice or offerings. Samuel stayed in bed until morning, then got up and opened the doors of the tabernacle as usual. He was afraid to tell Eli what the Lord had said to him. But Eli called out to him, Samuel, my son. Here I am, Samuel replied. What did the Lord say to you? Tell me everything and may God strike you and even kill you if you hide anything from me. Some serious language. So Samuel told Eli everything. He didn't hold it back. It is the Lord's will, Eli replied. Let him do what he thinks best. As Samuel grew up, the Lord was with him, and everything Samuel said proved to be reliable. And all Israel, from Dan to the north of Beersheba in the south, knew that Samuel was confirmed as a prophet of the Lord. The Lord continued to appear in Shiloh and gave messages to Samuel there at the tabernacle. It's a powerful passage of Scripture, and it's a great reminder to us to have that humble, childlike faith and obedience to the prompts and the callings of God. That if we as God's people would say, hey, I'm not going to put my schedule, my busyness, my priorities, the things that I'm doing above God, but I'm going to open up my heart to say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening every day and allow his will to guide and direct our lives. What could be on the other side of that? What outcomes could come because of that? So this morning, four ways to live for God's plan over our will. The first one is this, number one, to live in position. To live in position. When we look at this scripture, we see that one night Eli was, was, he was laying there in bed and he was right near, Samuel was right near laying next to the lamp of God and sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. Now, both of these are symbols of the presence of God. Now, we know that the truth of it is that the Holy Spirit here in the New Testament resides and lives on the inside of us. So we don't have to come into the church building to see the presence of God move. The presence of God is in us, moving in our lives every day, all the time, wherever we are, whether there is a keyboard player and a smoke machine um, and someone singing beautiful harmonies in, in the background. God is there. He's in your Monday, even when you haven't had your coffee yet on a Monday morning. God is there. The Holy Spirit's there. He's in your life. He's inside of you. And so we know that is true. And so it's not like we are trying to seek the presence of God in the sense that, oh, we have to go to a certain place now to find it. The Holy Spirit is always there. However, in Scripture, we are reminded time and time again to follow Christ. The Bible says to draw near to God and He will draw near to you. We are told to be in sync with the Holy Spirit. Now, there's some things on our end that we can choose to do. The presence of God is there. God is always there. But are we positioning our lives to follow, to be in sync, to be drawing near? Are we positioning our lives in the Word? Are we, are we positioning our lives in prayer? Are we positioning our lives in fellowship? And, and these things are going to help and connect our lives to Christ. You know, any great athlete will tell you about the benefit of being in the right position when it comes to how they need to perform at the highest level. Any great business owner will talk to you about positioning their business to have success. And any disciple of Christ should be positioned in Christ. And as we position our lives in Christ, we are going to flourish and be most effective. What does it say in Scripture? Abide in me and you will bear much fruit. For without me, 
you can do nothing. And so the challenge for us is to position ourselves in Christ. Now, being fully led by the Holy Spirit every day will save you from a lot of unnecessary pain and heartache. But so often we go it alone, don't we? I know I've been guilty of counseling God, giving God a better idea of how things could work out, (laughs) suggesting it, arguing with God, trying to help God change His mind on certain things. And ultimately, I have found time and time again, when I just bow the knee of my heart and I allow God's will above my own, it always leads leads to a better outcome, a God outcome rather than just what I could come up with on my own. Proverbs 16.3 says, commit your work to the Lord and your plans will succeed. So we have that challenge to commit our lives every day, to live in that position and allow Him to guide and direct our lives. The second thing this morning is, one that we're probably not going to like, to live interruptible. Who loves being interrupted? There's just something about being interrupted. Anybody got young kids? And it's like you're having a conversation with your spouse and you're talking to them and it's like that conversation doesn't even exist. They just bolt straight into the middle of the conversation and they start talking flat out about whatever is on their mind. And you're like, there is literally a conversation happening here and they are just so oblivious to it, those interruptions. But we see in Scripture with Jesus, how many times did a miracle take place because of an interruption? That someone came, he was on the way. He was on the way, Scripture would say, and then bang, an interruption. Boom, a miracle would be responding out of that. There would be an opportunity for God to move in that situation. I wonder what it would look like if if City Church was on the way in 2024, but we were open to the prompts, the guidance, the God-guided steps, the direction of the Holy Spirit this year, and an interruption would come, and instead of seeing it as a pain, we would allow ourselves to be open to what the Holy Spirit wants to do in that moment. How often have we been guilty of missing a moment because we're rushing, we're busy, we're we're moving on to the next thing. We are not open and we're not ready to allow the Holy Spirit to do something in our lives. You know, I feel like in our day, we let social media interrupt us. We can let our kids interrupt us. We can let work interrupt us. But so often... We don't let God interrupt us. I want to be the kind of person that would be open every day to say, God, I'm interruptible. If you want to change things, if you want to speak to me, if you want me to notice something, help me to be aware of that. In 2024, Lord, help us to be aware of what you're saying and doing and be responding to that. The Lord says in uh, Psalm 32 verse 8, He says, I will guide you along the best pathway of your life. I will advise you and I will watch over you. Ephesians 2 verse 10 says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. See, the problem with being interruptible is it's actually inconvenient. Could you imagine um, we have Samuel here in this story. He's trying to go to sleep and then God starts calling out. I don't know whether you've ever felt like that before. You're tired, you're focused on something else, and God starts calling out. And you've got to give attention to something that just feels incredibly inconvenient. Has God ever asked you to do something that is going to be sacrificial and inconvenient and not part of your plan for that day? 
And I think in those moments, we have that challenge on the inside of us to say, am I going to be submitted to God's will? Which means not putting my priorities above God's, but I'm going to lay it down and I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to guide and direct my path, my life today. Allow Him to do what He wants to do. See, interruptions are part of the Spirit-led life. You can't live Spirit-led and not be open to interruptions. Jesus was interrupted so many times on the way. The third thing this morning is this, living inclined to God's voice. You know, in this story, we see the posture of Samuel. He says, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. I love those words because it tells me about an inclined ear, listening to what God wants to say above all the noise of everything else. You know, being in community and in leadership over the years, there are so many different voices. In church leadership, leadership of being a, a soccer coach or in the soccer club, leadership of being in any community organization, in a workplace, in a family, there are so many different voices and opinions. You cannot please everybody. You know, you pick just preaching. Just pick that alone and somebody will want you to be more funny or someone will want you to be more serious or someone will want you to speak more out of the Old Testament or someone will want you to speak more out of the New Testament or there are so many different opinions or someone would like you to be deeper with deeper teaching. Others would like it to be more practical. There are so many opinions just on preaching alone, let alone any other area of leadership in life. And so you're never going to please everyone. So a while ago, I just decided I'm just going to try and please God because I can't please everybody else. And I love you and you are great. (laughs) But I can't please everyone. It is impossible. It's the same for your life. But what if we just had that opinion to say, God, I just want to please you. God, I just want to be inclined to your voice. I want to zone out all those other noises and those voices. I don't know what it's like in your household, but this is what it's like in mine. In, in our household, things just keep getting louder and louder and louder until someone loses it. <laughs> it's, like a ga- it's like a cruel game. And so the, 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 the TV goes on. And then someone else has got the iPad going. And then one of the other kids has got the other iPad going. And then somebody gets the other TV in the other room going. And the noise level just keeps going up and everyone's competing against it. So they're turning up their device and they're turning up their TV. And it just gets to a high-pitched noise where you're like, Stop! I can't even think! And there's so many voices and there's so much noise. It's a bit like when you're in the car. And you're uh, driving along in the car. I don't know if you've ever done this before. And you've got your GPS on, GPS on. You're focusing on something. And you've got your music on. And then to like focus more, you turn down the music. Have you done that before? <laughs> you turn the music on. I don't know what that does. But it's just like turning down the music. It's like, I just need to concentrate even more. I think sometimes when it comes to listening to God's voice, that actually is the key. To turn off some of the other noises. Turn off some of the other fuzz, the opinions of this person and that person. Turn off all the other things that everybody else is saying and just tune your station to Holy Spirit. What do you want to say to me? I want my ear to be inclined to you, Lord. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. I love that word, servant. Not too big for our own boots. Remember who we are. 
We're the servants serving the master, Jesus, the Lord, the Savior. A.W. Tozer says it this way. He says, the hard work of prayer is getting yourself into a state of mind in which you prefer the will of God over your own. And isn't that challenging? Because we all want our plans, our purposes. You know, if my wife was standing up here this morning and she was trying to tell me something important and I was rushing around doing my thing, not, not, not taking a break to listen to what she was saying, it's not very long before I'm going to receive a stern rebuke. Maybe a bit like what Eli is like, God will strike you down. <laughs> Because I'm not being still. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, firstly, I'm not pausing to listen to what she's saying and value what she's saying. And the other thing is my posture. If I'm just still focused and looking another way, my my back's turned to her and she's over there trying to tell, tell me something. And my posture is saying, I'm not listening. I'm still doing this. I've got trouble. And the other thing is proximity. If I'm so far away that she's trying to tell me something, but I'm not hearing it. I'm going to miss it. It's the same with God. Do we pause? Do we get proximity with God in His presence? Do we allow ourselves to be in that posture that says, God, speak. Your servant is listening. Or are we so busy rushing around like Martha? We don't sit like Mary at the feet of Jesus and listen to what He wants to say. I pray this year for us in 2024 is a year where we just drown out the other noises and we focus on on that voice of the Holy Spirit and allow Him to speak to us. Be still and know that I am God, Scripture says. He says, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. My ways are higher than your ways. And we want to be aligned to that. And finally this morning, to live in sync with God's will. Living in sync with God's will for Samuel meant telling his mentor of the judgment that was about to come upon him and his household. That wasn't an easy conversation to have. And sometimes walking in God's will will not feel convenient or will not feel easy. It will be challenging. The will of God means us having submission to His mission. And that means at times laying down our thoughts and our ideas and getting in sync. We look at the life of Jesus and we see that He gets to that moment in the Garden of Gethsemane just before he's about to go to the cross. And Jesus is in prayer at that moment and he says, Father, if you can take this cup from me, but if not, your will, not my will be done in that moment. And he knew what was before him, a painful death on that cross. It wasn't convenient, it wasn't easy. But in that moment, he chose the Father's will and to be obedient to that. That led to the salvation of mankind. But it wasn't easy. God's will is sometimes not easy, but it's right. And just because it's not easy doesn't mean that it's not right. And there's got to be a connection between our lives and God's will so that we live in sync with what he wants to do. Now, I have this connection here that connects my phone to my car and uh, it's actually not an authentic cable 
And so what's happened is I've got a new phone and I've tried to link it with this and it will not sync with my Apple CarPlay on my car because this is not an authentic Apple connection. Because the quality of Apple, for all the Android people, Apple has a high quality, unlike Android. And so when I plug it in, it all looks the same, but it's not authentic. And I want to suggest to you this morning when it comes to being in sync with the will of God, it comes down to an authentic connection with God. That's why we stripped it back this morning. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I live for you alone. Every breath that I take. We're being reminded time and time again that we are just laying it down. I wanted this Vision Sunday this year to be simpler. I wanted to be a reminder that it's a level playing field for every one of us. This vision is not for the superstars. This vision is for the everyday, ordinary person that would get up and say, you know what, today I'm choosing to put God's will above my own. I'm choosing to plug in and to sync with God. I'm choosing to abide with Christ like it talks about in John 15. And if we abide with Him, we will bear much fruit. But apart from Him, we can't do nothing. It'd be silly to go in this year and make some kind of vision and plan that was all our own agenda, but we never were talking about connecting with God because ultimately it's our connection with Him that guides, that creates that GPS and that connection for where we are meant to go in our life. Submission is the secret source to fulfilling the mission of making disciples. You can't do the mission without the submission to what God is saying. So it says in Galatians 5.25, Now since we have chosen to walk with the Spirit, let's keep each step in perfect sync with God's Spirit. So church, would you stand with me this morning? It's the team come. I'm believing this year in 2024, we're going to be found to be a church that's in position for God to move in our life, in His presence, in His Word, in prayer, in fellowship, in right relationship with God. We're going to be a church that is interruptible. When God speaks, we'd have that mindset, God, your servants are listening. We're going to be a, a church that's inclined to God's voice, sometimes turning out off the other noises so we can listen to what He's saying. And we're going to be a church that is in sync with God's will so that we wake up every day knowing that we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which He prepared in advance for us to do, that we should walk in them, as Scripture says. That we would get up knowing that God has got great plans for me today. I want to be in sync with His will and making sure I'm living how God has called me to live, to be directed and guided by God. But you know what? I felt this morning is you can't start on this new journey without acknowledging Lord sometimes I haven't listened to your voice sometimes I have actually ignored you sometimes I have put my own will above your will and actually saying God I, I repent of that 
God, I'm sorry where I've got it wrong. I'm sorry where mediocrity has taken the place of passion. I'm sorry where my plans have been so much higher in my mind than what you want to do with my life. I'm sorry for ignoring you when you're trying to speak to me and I'm just blocking you out. I'm sorry for being distracted like Martha and focused on many things but not the main thing. And so I wonder whether this morning whether we could say, God, I'm sorry, but I want to get back to what it's about. I want to be abiding in you. I want to be sharp and effective for you. So this morning, would you reach out your hands with me this morning as a sign and an act of submission to God? And I want to pray a prayer this morning, bringing our hearts back to Him. So dear Lord Jesus, we're sorry where we've gone wrong. Lord, we come back to you. We want to hear your voice and respond to it. To be obedient to you. To live how you're calling us to live. Help us to get back to what it's all about. Authentic relationship with you. In Jesus' name. Amen. I want to pray this prayer over you. It's out of 2 Thessalonians 1. So we pray that God will enable you to live a life worthy of His call. May He give you the power to accomplish all the good things your faith prompts you to do. Then the name of the Lord Jesus will be honored because of the way you live, City Church. And you will be honored along with Him. And we know this is all made possible because of the grace of of our God and Lord, Jesus Christ. And we pray that right now, Lord, over every person that calls City Church home, whether in in person here or online, Lord, we pray that we would be a church that is submitted to your will, that a church that is guided by where you're leading and directing our lives, that God-guided steps would be our story in 2024, that testimonies and breakthrough and blessing and favor and miracles would come because of our obedience to you this year. And we pray that over every single person. Lord, we give you our heart. We give you our soul. We live for you alone. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Can we sing this song together this morning? Can we make this the declaration of our hearts this morning? Can we get back to the simplicity of putting God's plan above our will in every area of our life? in 2024. Come on, let's worship together.